And I'm from Bradford. I'm Jelani, I'm from near Hebden Bridge in West Yorkshire. Uh, so I'm Harry and I'm uh, from Kirkstall. Uh, my name's Philip, I live in Doncaster. I'm Andy and I'm from Bradford. And um, the mood on the bridge is great, the atmosphere's been gorgeous all day. Paul, it's quite positive really. I mean, lots of people say, you know, ignore you like normally do, but people are taking leaflets and then having a bit of chat about it. There seem to have been quite a change, doesn't it, last, uh, last year or so actually. You know, we're not knocking on a closed door when we're talking to the public generally. We don't always have the chance to explain that this, you know, this is about something which feels so important to, to me that it's, well, I think I think it's so important for the whole human race that it's actually worth disrupting people a little bit. Yeah, ridiculously important. I feel like it's something that sort of flies on the radar because it's always pushed back as a, it's just hippies that care about this sort of thing. There's lots of young people are doing the food. It's like people are just stepping up, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of things that needs to happen. Quite impressed by it, to be honest. Um, so I wasn't expecting that, I just worked around the corner, but I think it's quite good that this is happening in Leeds. Why, why do people need an individual car or two cars per household? We're not there down there being depressed. We have very clear demands about what we want. We've got a very clear structure of how we want it to happen. We just uh, put pressure on. Hello and welcome back to Leeds in England. My name's Simon Moore and I'm here sat in a park in Rather warm, mid-twenties, it's kind of the middle of a heat wave. We're expecting a super hot day tomorrow. Thought we'd give you an update on climate activism here in the north of England. I'm not alone. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by David Barnes. David's a resident of Leeds, doing a PhD at the University of Leeds. But more pressingly, he's leading the way as a climate activist. He's been at the heart of lots of exciting progress here in Leeds, including the push to get the City Council to declare a climate emergency. And he's helped set up a new grassroots organisation called Our Future Leeds. So David, thanks for pausing to chat to me today. I know you're pretty much non-stop at the moment, so I really (laughs) appreciate it. Yeah. So it's late July... David and I are just recovering from a very busy week just gone. We were both involved in Extinction Rebellion's summer uprising, where we spent a week blocking one of the key roads into Leeds city centre, the most polluted street in the city. And Leeds was one of five cities that took part across the UK. David, before we delve into what happened last week, can you... Give us an idea of how you got started as a climate activist. Where did this all begin for you? Sure, absolutely. I've been um, 
involved in climate activism of various flavours for about the last 10 years um, through uh, groups like Friends of the Earth. Um, and I was yeah, heavily involved with a group down in London when I was living there for a few years. Um, and then when I got back to Leeds to start my PhD, kind of took a pause from that for a while. But increasingly over the last year, I've become more and more concerned with, with the uh, updates from the IPCC and everything we're hearing about the real emergency we're facing. And so last October, I decided I had to get involved again and really get involved so I joined the Extinction Rebellion group in Leeds and was, yeah, uh, came to one of their first meetings. We met in the back room of a pub, just a small group of us, and sort of everything's really ballooned from there. And uh, so I was involved in initially going down to London when we uh, blocked one of the bridges and then um, set up this group within the local Extinction Rebellion movement to get Leeds City Council to declare a climate emergency. So I've been working a lot on that. And then also involved with the Extinction Rebellion down in London at the International Rebellion, uh, where we held central London for a week, which was uh, an incredible and powerful experience. And then more recently in the summer uprising in Leeds last week. Can you talk more, more locally what what's and I know you you helped to get push the, the council to declare a climate emergency and that that's kind of resulted in in this new grassroots organization called our future leads what can you can you talk us through how that came into being because it, it wasn't I don't think it was planned was it no absolutely it's it's really sort of come about there was a small group of us in the Extinction Rebellion group who decided we wanted to get working on this. So we started meeting independently and built our campaign. We got the youth strikes involved and uh, as well as Extinction Rebellion and other local grassroots organisations such as Frack Free Leeds. And we worked together to lobby the City Council. We met with the councillors, the cabinet members... We took a group of school students to meet a lot of the councillors and that really swung the balance in our favour. They, The leading group on the council essentially decided there and then that this had to be their policy to pass this motion. In the process of doing this, uh, this group realised that you know, this was absolutely only the first step. Getting the city council to declare a climate emergency wasn't going to mean anything unless this was followed up by rapid, urgent, transformative action in Leeds and that the City Council cannot do this alone. They can't do this without support from the people of Leeds. And whether the City Council is able to do that or not, we felt that this really needed a grassroots response to the climate emergency. Yeah, this has to be a people-powered movement. And... Without, without bringing the people of Leeds with us, we just don't see there's any way that this is going to actually have any meaningful impact. That's, that's a great summary. And I think, in, so interestingly, you've got the Extinction Rebellion action that's been going on across the world and across the UK. 
and and here in Leeds and that's I guess locally you've kind of in in tandem realized that youth climate strikers aren't necessarily going to flock to Extinction Rebellion it's it's got that kind of edgy nature and name to it Um, again like councillors some of them come along to the protest but they're not they're not piling in to, to join in whereas our future leads has created firstly reframed it so it's it's not just about climate although that's obviously the, the underlying kind of issue um, but it's also created a, a potentially more welcoming place for for a much wider range of people to, to join in i know like the first meeting we had a for our future leads a few months ago had over 300 people there which is just extraordinary for for an organisation that that had popped up a, a few weeks before that meeting. So, yeah, I think it's a, an interesting thing we've got going on. And and in tandem to that, Extinction Rebellion, w- w- the rebellion continues. Um, so why don't we go back to a week ago when you and I sat down on the bridge just in the centre of Leeds and... We also had a little chat to some of the, the many people that, that were wandering past and that were possibly getting involved for the first time. And hopefully it can give us a bit of a sense of what some of the people of Leeds think and know about the climate, feel about the climate, and the kind of actions that, that they think are necessary for us to tackle the climate crisis. Yeah. Um, the summer uprising in Leeds that we were both at last week was a really uh, amazing week it was the first time we'd done anything of that scale in Leeds and for a lot of people it was the first time they'd come across Extinction Rebellion so whilst there was some confusion and, and some reactions from members of the public which were not wholly supportive on the whole I think it had a really really important and powerful impact the number of conversations that I had with people who had come across us on the bridge talked to people been given a leaflet stopped and thought actually walked away looked at the leaflet and thought hang on I've got to go back I've got to get involved this is too important having those sorts of conversations is really yeah it really is why we're doing this you know there's various different outcomes of the extinction rebellion protests you know raising it up the political agenda obviously the protests in april had a huge impact and a lot has actually already happened in the uk uh, in response to that uh, you know, one of which being the you know the government's adoption of a net zero by 2050 target which we know is not enough, but it's dragging that conversation in the right direction. You know, I think for the moment, Extinction Rebellion is seen as a an outlier, as seen as the extreme. But actually, it needs to become the norm. It needs to become you know, business as usual. Needs to be absolute, urgent, committed, emergency mode focus on what we need to do. So, from that respect, I think it's so important that Extinction Rebellion keeps up and, and evolves and, 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 and moves on to the next phase of their actions to really get whole society transformations and what we need to achieve in the next 30 years.
Okay, so do you want to just start by saying your name and where you're from? My name is Mohammed from Kuwait. Bedria from Kuwait as well. And do you live in Leeds? Or are you visiting? Yes. Yeah. You live in Leeds. Great. Um, so are you just passing by? Have you come to check this out? or? Passing by, we were doing a little bit of shopping before we go home. And what do you make of it? To be quite honest, it's very interesting because back home we don't have a lot of peaceful strikes, so it's very interesting to experience it uh, close hand, where people are actually dancing and smiling. It doesn't look like a strike, <laughs> so it's interesting to see. And then I, I noticed it has uh, you have a lot of words about climate, environment. So I guess it's something about um, environment and saving you know, or probably a little bit about the, the environmental crisis that's going on now. But that's that's it. What are your thoughts? <laughs> the same that she said. <laughs> Have you been to any protests or anything before? No. Um, my life in Leeds was uh, mostly <laughs> studying, so <laughs> I didn't get to protest or get out much, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Working hard. Yes, working hard. But you guys are as well. I mean, if you didn't work this hard, there wouldn't be, I guess, a home for us in the future. So what you're doing is noble. And I hope your voices are heard. And this is a good thing to give awareness for people to do the right thing and to just start from the beginning and to stop things that lead to extensions and harmful for the planet. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It was great, great talking to you. Yeah. We're planning to be here for most of the week, so feel free to come, come along. There's going to be dancing. music and dancing. dancing um, so, yeah. <laughs> and at, at, at some point, the police may try and... The, we're lucky that it's usually very, you know, Peaceful. It's very peaceful. Yeah, peaceful um, yeah. At some point, I would imagine there will be arrests, but they're very peaceful arrests, and they will literally happen on this front line and the other front line, yeah, yeah. and people essentially volunteer mm. to, be to be arrested, and those and and a lot don't volunteer and say, okay, fine, I'll stand here. <laughs> um, well, good luck, and thank you for what you're doing. Very noble. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you later. See you. Bye bye. Uh, my name is Gay and I'm from Headingley. I was very lucky in being able to go down to London when the very big protests were on there. So as soon as I got back here, I joined up with Leeds XR. I think essentially it's a protest against capitalism. And I think it's an amazing protest in that. Through the youth fight for climate, children have also been brought into the struggle and they understand these values very easily. I've been a vegetarian for many, many years and more recently a vegan. And I feel, I feel people are just really suckers for the consumerist society. In fact, I don't normally buy things I don't need, so I haven't got a mobile phone. But then I'm quite old, 
and uh, I, all the things I need I've got at home in a tiny um, bedsit, really. I like to be as sort of Spartan and ascetic as possible. I think people are eating too much, buying too much, relying upon manufactured entertainments rather than, enjoy, than enjoying talking to other people about ideas. Do you want to just say your name and where you're from? It's Angela Palmer, I'm from Otley. And what, what do you think of this uh, Extinction Rebellion protest? Today? I think it's absolutely awesome. I think we need more of them everywhere. Um, I, I've been following Extinction Rebellion since they started and um, I've been waiting for something to happen in Leeds. I know waiting for something to happen isn't really what we should be doing, but um, I've got small children. <laughs> you know, I want to be able to join in and do something. And the fact that it's on my doorstep now is amazing. So. What do you think, kind of trying to get people's ideas of, of what needs to happen next, what, what, what do you think are the kind of key things we need to do to, to tackle the climate crisis? So much. It's, it's big business and the government, they both need to sit up and take notice, so I guess the key things we need to do is just not shut up about it. We just need to keep, keep doing things like this until they take notice and change policy and change what they're doing. So have you been down here more than just this evening? Yes, it was Monday, Tuesday and today, which is Thursday. Uh, yeah, I was working from home yesterday and didn't get the train in. Um, and how long, you, you, say, the, you, you said your friend, your friend kind of recommended it and said go check it out. Yeah. Were you expecting it to be like this? No, I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. I didn't know there was going to be boats on the, in the middle of the streets. I didn't know there was going to be music. I pictured some tents, but not as many as there would be. I didn't realise the junk food project would be here doing food for everyone and, and like literally everyone, not just those people who were involved, whether it be passers-by or whether it be homeless people wanting something to eat. Uh, it's much more like a, a nice summer atmosphere festival than a, a, a protest, but it's showing how the two can kind of combine to become something really nice. And it is striking that we're on what is normally the most polluted road yeah. in Leeds. Yeah, and there's no pollution going on. There's a, I mean, I mean there is. There's a, a petrol generator doing, doing the sound, and I think that's one of the areas people need to be educated in or... Um, more need to be said about because a lot of the people have been on social media have been talking about how oh isn't it ironic and hypocritical that you're using petrol you've got some plastic that I've seen you're causing people to go on longer bus routes which is causing more pollution but that's not really the point of it it is to, it is to cause disruption because unless you change those type of things now then in five ten years time we're going to be in a much worse position than we would be and Sitting outside the town hall isn't going to do anything because you're not you're not causing disruption. You're causing a scene that no one's talking about, and it uh, and those kind of things. You know, yes, you will cause more pollution potentially by blocking the main road, but you know, it, it's short term versus long term, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We've now got a kind of high jump contest going on over some hay bales. Are you a high jumper, particularly athletic? 
I won the high jump championships back in the day when uh, I was in school. <laughs> yeah. How convenient. I mean, but I, did, I didn't jump over something like they're doing now. I did it like going backwards first and I'd want a nice landing. You need a crash. And I think I'd be crap now, but. <laughs> There's another child over there you could maybe have another statue <laughs> off with. No, they're, they're moving too much. <laughs> yeah, too, it's too easy. Though. Yeah. Not a challenge. No, it's been really great. So I think that was an interesting insight into the thoughts of some of the people of Leeds that we managed to chat to last week. Leodians, as they are very infrequently referred to. A big thank you to my friend Daniel Preston, who helped record some of those interviews and is helping to put together this podcast. So David, now we've had a little time to reflect on last week. What conclusions have you drawn from that action in Leeds? Yeah, so from my main takeaway from last week is that whilst making our case and doing that by blocking a bridge and essentially disrupting the normal lives of the people of Leeds has been effective in raising awareness and getting out the agenda, I think for the next phase of the rebellion we need to move our focus on to the 1%, as it were, those who are responsible for, you know, those who have the decision-making power for our UK carbon emissions and really have the power to change things on a structural and fundamental level. Now, what that might be, I don't know. It's, you know, is it disrupting the work of government? Is it disrupting the work of major corporations and fossil fuel extractive industries? Those come with a lot of concerns and and uh, you know people in the people in the movement are are you know really struggling to work out how how to go about this and and what this might mean for extinction rebellion and for individuals themselves you know I was uh, arrested in London and I'm now facing a court hearing in mid-august so I'm grappling with that myself and the and the impact this has and may have on my life and my career. But I'm still completely certain that I'm doing the right thing and that personal cost that it might be to me is so small compared to the huge and in many ways terrifying society, uh, breakdown of society that we might be facing. On, on that note... How do you kind of stay positive, stay motivated? How do you look after yourself whilst being a climate activist? Absolutely, that's a, it's a it's a problem faced by lots of people in the in the movement, and burnout is a real serious issue. And one of the things to me that is the most positive about doing this is the amazing community of people that we've built up who are 
who are involved in this. And to me, the best way to stay positive is to get active. I think that that feeling of disempowerment and that people, you know, that I as a person can't do anything is the, you know, that, that disempowerment, disenfranchisement is the, is the biggest risk to, to, I think, my state of mind and, and how I view the world. And to me, how I deal with it is to get active and do what, you know, whatever I can. And, you know, that supportive community the the friendships and the connections that we've built up I think are really the start of the changes that we need to build that community resilience community resilience is going to be so important in the years and decades to come you know take an example of uh, Hurricane Katrina in America the state patently 100% failed to look after its citizens and in response to that citizens decided they weren't going to just let things happen they they needed to take action themselves and for example groups of citizens came together and set up health clinics people for the first time in their lives in New Orleans had health care you know it's those sort of things that are going to become ever more important and to me that's one of the key things about the groups the grassroots movements and leads it's building that that resilient community that are going to need to work together more and more as the as the real extent of the climate breakdown happens couldn't couldn't agree more and I I concur with the the community and a feeling and um, the strength of it I think is going to be incredibly important in future but it to me it's also an attraction of being involved actually is that it is such a friendly welcoming and supportive group of people to to be a part of on a on a more individual level As someone that's been involved with activism um, for other parts of your life, not just the, the last sort of six months to a year, what advice would you have for an individual who is potentially involved for the first time? This, this could be to me, actually. Uh, what advice would you give to someone who is in danger of burnout because they're just non-stop and they realise it's an emergency and they're potentially not doing enough to look after themselves right well to that I know there's a there's a right answer and then there's what I actually do and what others do and to me it's yeah the main thing is that you've got to look after yourself first burnt out activists are no use to anyone and this problem isn't going to be solved in the next six months a year ten years it's an ongoing you know generation struggle that we are facing and you know, we're no good to anyone if we can't if we can't continue to to play this important role. So to me, what we need to do is take time for ourselves, enjoy the good things that we have, that we still have, and that we will continue to have in our lives. And that is, you know, being able to enjoy nature, our communities, time with friends. It's really important to make time for those things. And it is difficult when you're constantly faced with that internal struggle about. I need to be I need to be doing this I need to be doing that I need to be taking these actions and I need to be you know getting ready for the next thing and uh, you know we it's a it's a really difficult one and you know I think we're all wrestling with that and and all I can say is that yeah that principle is you know much in the way of a uh, of a of an airliner going down and you know you put your own oxygen mask on first otherwise you're unable to help anyone else very well said 
Um, yeah, I think personally reflecting on the summer uprising last week, I think it particularly showed the amazing power of this movement. And in Leeds, it, it, there was about two weeks between it being decided that Leeds would be one of the five UK locations and the first date of the summer uprising. So incredible mobilisation, I think, that, that happened there. And I do think it's excellent to be actually out there talking to people, giving people... We've talked in Leeds about a climate hub. Extinction Rebellion kind of provided that last week because mm. it was on the news. People... It was in a very accessible location just by the train station. And so whether they wanted to or not, people were kind of forced into having these potentially difficult conversations about about climate so I think but for those that are interested it provides an opportunity and a perfect place to go and meet people see what this whole thing is about and again as we've heard a little bit earlier some of the conversations with people that were just passing by that were getting involved for the first time were really, really powerful, powerful conversations. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. For me, the I say the highlight of the week, the the day we you know, on Friday we were clearing up and we were getting ready to take the boat out, and um, someone brought us a thank you card. Uh, they'd been down in the week and they, they, they talked to people and seen what it was about and they just wanted to come back and bring us a card that's, that was a small amount of money and they wanted to say thank you for what we're doing. They said that their words were, uh, you know, I'm just a passerby, an office worker, I've never been involved in this before, but now maybe I'll be a future Extinction Rebellion person, uh, member. It was really beautiful and really powerful and, and to me that's... Yeah, it's when you make those connections that it makes it all worthwhile. And, yeah, the conversations that people were having, the, the, the impact it was having on people was you know, palpable, I thought. And, I, I, yeah, in my own life, I know this, you know, I talk about it a lot with friends, some of whom are you know, aware of the issues, some of whom it's completely new. And, but hardly anyone really appreciates the extent of what we're facing. The way I frame it is I, I talk about uh, there's a, people who are working on their houses now. Um, if they're going to do some retrofit work on the houses, there's three things that they're doing. They are installing very high levels of security because uh, looting is going to be the one thing that uh, is going to be a real risk in the future and the easy targets are always liable to be picked off first. They install a second electric circuit that is able to run off a solar panel and, and power a, just a leisure battery in the, in the house so they can charge laptops just about and phones. And they install super insulation, as I know you've done in your own house, Simon. <laughs> with your help. Yeah, with my help. To re remove their reliance on yeah, the, the gas grid or whatever kind of heating system we're using. In a sense, you know, create that resilience on a household level because... You know, if you're going to do this once in the next 30 years, now is the time to do it. So that is the real extent that people who are really switched on to this and what we might be facing, that's the actions they're taking now. And when people actually hear that, 
it's quite striking how much of a powerful impact that has on people and you know we need to be starting to have these conversations we need to be you know thinking about these this time frame because really we are locked into major major social changes in the you know society level changes in the next 30 years that i think people are only just starting to wake up to as it were including myself and um yeah so speaking of conversations there was another kind of key event that happened last week off the back of declaring a climate emergency the Leeds City Council has pledged to work with an organisation that's been going for a few years in Leeds called the Leeds Climate Commission that's a kind of cross organisation group that's trying to help the city uh, figure out how it's going to deal with climate change so last week the council and the commission had a kind of joint event it's called the Big Leeds Climate Conversation and it was a kind of launch event really so over the next two or three months in it, those two organisations are planning to essentially engage and consult with as many people as they possibly can from as diverse a range of backgrounds as possible in Leeds to see what kind of potentially more radical changes they want to see would be willing to accept and that kind of thing so there was a kickoff event last week again over 300 people there there was a super panel which did include someone from extinction rebellion and the youth climate strikes <laughs> we were both there and i was wondering what your kind of takeaways were from from that event so all credit to Leeds City Council, since they declared a climate emergency earlier this year, they have implemented quite significant changes to uh, things that they're working on and the way they work. So they started off by launching this climate emergency, uh, climate change advisory committee, uh, and many of us were there in the audience to watch it, whereas yeah, normally you only get a few people at these council meetings. There was at least 40 to 50 of us there first order of business was to change the name to the Climate Emergency Advisory Committee which we fully support and um, one of the things they, they, yeah, they talked about here at that event was the, this, this city conversation that was, the, that was launched last week. So it was, yeah, it was a, it was a good event, uh, it was very different in nature and tone I thought to the, to the Our Future Leads a grassroots event that we held a few weeks beforehand. Yes, good number of people, over 300 people, but in a university lecture theatre uh, with you know, experts, uh, you know, lecturers, academics at the university and other people from the city council. And uh, in a way it was you know, more, of a, more of a lecture type event than, than ours, which was we tried to be very participatory and really get people working together in groups and chatting and, and talking about things and, and uh, yeah, have an opportunity to, to really have their say. But absolutely, this is just the first event. Um, so while the City Council have done a lot and, and they are definitely shifting, in some ways it did feel, especially from, the, from what some of the councillors said, it did feel in many ways business as usual. There was self, some self-congratulation in what Leeds has achieved, 
which is important. But I really think that yeah, the scale of, of what we now know, in a way, does away with a lot of that. And yeah, this is this is this is a, a whole new whole new situation, a whole new ball game we're, we're trying to deal with. So it was an important event, and what the city council and the and the uh, Leeds Climate Commission are doing is a, a big part of it but I think to try and bring the people of Leeds along with us it's the, that you know the next thing has got to be about that real grassroots people powered response and engaging people on you know within their own communities and, re- and, and, and reaching out and I don't like that word reaching out yeah that term reaching out but you know really making sure that this is this is everyone's climate emergency but of course our future leads will continue to work with the city council uh, as a critical friend and 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 lobbyist and um, and grassroots civilian led response and am i right in thinking again like this this impresses me if it's true that our future leads are going to be working alongside the council and the climate commission on a citizens jury for leads that's right, yeah. So um, one of the uh, members of our future Leeds has been leading this, really, leading the charge in, in Leeds to get this citizens' jury on the climate emergency set up. That uh, is being supported by the Leeds Climate Commission and the City Council, uh, as well as it will have representation from a range of other uh, activist groups, including the Extinction Rebellion and the Youth Strikes and Friends of the Earth, and other organisations that are important as well in this in this uh, process, such as uh, large emitters in the city and uh, the NHS and uh, business leaders. So they're involved from a, an oversight perspective to make sure that the that, that process is, is managed properly. Um, but yes, the citizens' jury is in the process of being developed. It's going to launch in September... Uh, going to be 20 people over nine sessions uh, and to give a very brief background on citizens juries and citizens assemblies the principle is broadly the same they are a representative proportion of the population so they are very carefully sampled so it's a random sample but carefully managed so that you get a representative uh, reflection of the population in terms of demographics and, and, and different cultural backgrounds and the point is that they are independent from the council they are independent from the political machinations of a city like Leeds and they are there to act like a jury does and deliberate on these issues uh, they will hear from experts and a range of people on different sides of the debate they will then make a series of decisions and recommendations they will produce a report of course what then happens to that report and what action the city takes is the key thing. Yeah. There's no point in doing this if it doesn't actually reach if it doesn't actually have any impact. And whether that impact is that a decision is made by the jury and therefore it is automatically implemented or if it's over a certain percentage of the jury decide one thing then it then it goes to a referendum for example and that that you know those models have been used elsewhere so they held the first meeting of this oversight panel last week and uh yeah that's really what the extinction rebellion our future leads and the youth strike movement are pushing for then actually this has to have you know 
this actually has to be enacted and it, you know, it can't be just a consultation exercise if you're going to do it it has to has to actually work and it has to actually lead the way that the, the city responds to the climate emergency so david on a on a kind of possibly final note for now um how optimistic are you that that all of these grassroots efforts in leeds across the uk possibly even globally are going to make a difference and going to help us avert climate breakdown um how optimistic am i well i think whatever you know this this needs to happen and however much it is able to avert the the worst aspects of the climate breakdown they are important nonetheless personally i think we are locked into uh pretty extreme changes in the way we live our lives and you know the the i think all we can do in in, in how we respond to the climate emergency now and in the future is try and really limit the worst aspects of that but as i said before it's you know building that movement is so important in how we do this now and how we work together in the future so in a way that's my that's my hope is that this movement grows and builds and provides our response to the next stage of the climate emergency and climate breakdown and um yeah so we, you know over the next few months in Leeds we've got a series of events coming up we've got our next our future Leeds meeting and really that is to start getting this wider movement active on the climate ecological and social emergency we're facing really empowering people to take action across the city within their own communities and essentially yeah what we're doing is we're building a better Leeds we're building a healthier happier more connected Leeds that is also better able to deal with the huge changes that we're facing so you know although there is not much hope for averting the averting the worst aspects of climate breakdown i think we can go about building a better city and a better society and really that's what huge numbers of us ordinary people and not extremists in any way that's what we're working towards and that's what we care about absolutely so yeah i think i think you're right an aspect of optimism and hope is actually well we're not stopping what we're doing at any cost and we we can't afford to and so as you say there's, there's plenty coming up here in leeds we've got an extinction rebellion social to try and draw in some more people after last week's protest there's your our future leeds event um in a couple of saturday's time i believe there's also things like the climate strike that greta's calling people towards um, for the 20th and 27th of September, trying to draw adults into that as well, which will be very interesting to see how that how that pans out. And then beyond that into October, the 7th of October is the next kind of phase of the national scale, probably international scale, rebellion. So plenty to keep us motivated, keep us going here in Leeds. I'm sure wherever you are around the world, there are similar things that you just need to go and go and find go and talk to the people that are doing everything they can that 
they're no different to you. They're not superheroes. They're just people that have acknowledged we're in a pretty dire situation and actually it would be irresponsible not to act, not to do everything possible. That's, that's, that's my motivation here in Leeds anyway. So, David, thank you so much for joining me today and last week during the summer uprising. More importantly, thank you for all of your incredibly hard work. I know it's not easy, and certainly not whilst you're doing a PhD, (laughs) but it's massively appreciated. Thankfully, you're not the only one pushing. It is a big team effort, and we are starting to show signs of success. Absolutely, and thank you, Simon. Yeah, it's been uh, great working with you so far on the on these uh, activist events and uh, yeah uh, yeah really happy to continue to do so and yeah it's it's great it's great getting to meet people like Simon and uh, yeah I hope the same as for yeah, other people around the world that you yeah, actually it, it's it's the people that make this positive it's the it's the people you meet that make it worthwhile so yeah thank you Simon beautiful words david uh, finally thank you for listening thanks to climactic for having us on the show again Whatever it is you're doing, keep it up. You're doing fantastic. So from Leeds, it's bye for now, and I hope you have a great day. (laughs) Bye, everyone. (laughs) That didn't really work, did it? (laughs) We can all sit in another house, and I am going. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective, a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people behind Climactic and all the shows we produce at climactic.fm. We are a social enterprise podcast network, and we greatly appreciate your support. You can find a link to our Pausable where you can support us directly in the show notes of this episode or from our website. Thank you for listening, and from the whole Climactic Collective, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times. The Climactic Collective This show is produced by Hear Media a boutique audio agency in Narm, Melbourne. To learn more and get in touch, head to hearmedia.studio. 
That's H-E-R-E media dot studio.